0: To make disciples. Made to make disciples. I want you to say this after me. I am made, made to make disciples. You know there's like made in China, made in America. You are made in heaven to make disciples on earth. <laughs> How many of you understand anyone say? You need to know what you are made for. You get what I'm saying? There is is a purpose that you are made for. You are made to the salvation of many. The purpose that God created you is not to just be a nice Christian or a nice believer. God says that I want you to be my ambassador on earth. Think about that. Think about that. this is, again, let let me repeat it. I'm sorry I'm repeating it, but it's important you get it. This is not something that Jesus thought about after he died. From the goal that he invited disciples to follow him, he knew the objective of why God was saving them. Why? It's so that you might save others. But think about how we live church, how we live today in 2016. We're just happy to go to church we're just happy to say that we are nice Christians. We're just happy to say I'm a kind believer. We're just happy to say, oh, you know, I, I, I you know, we, we, we are happy with the titles. When God is saying, I'm looking for more than a title that you put on your Facebook that you're a Christian. I'm looking for soul winners. People that will understand why God pulled you out of the darkness into the light. Is because I brought you out of the darkness into the light so that you can partner with me, you can work with me, you can be my ambassador and do the same to others around you. That is my purpose. That is my purpose. But imagine that. If that is our purpose, how often do we do that? I'm sorry if I make you uncomfortable this morning, but that's the point of you coming to church. You get out of your comfort zone. How many of you understand what I'm saying? How often do we do that? We just be so proud if we can get our cousins saved after 10 years of talking to them. Hey, there's more people around you than your cousin. Oh Lord, I think I, I got some people upset. It, it's not just, you know, your family. How about the postman? Would you like him to go to hell? How about the guy who comes to you with a courier? How about the people that is delivering food home? How about the people that is divine, by divine orchestration that is sitting beside you in the bus? How about that young man that God makes him sit next to you on the metro? Now, please don't start freaking them out saying that, are you ready to go to hell? (laughs) That's not the way. How about telling them how much Jesus loved you? How about showing somebody how Jesus was merciful to you? Are you following what I'm saying? That is the purpose that God has created us for. That means it is not something that you. it is an individual's response. It is all our responsibility to no, know this is my purpose that daddy has created me for. If I don't do this, I am not successful. It starts with you being intentional about saying every week, I need to share The gospel of God's grace, goodness to somebody around me. Every time I meet somebody, my mission is to save that person from darkness. It's not to impress them about who I am. It is about letting them know that, hey, there is somebody that loves you so much, somebody that loves you unconditionally. That is the objective that I am made for. I am made to make disciples. That is my destiny. So no matter what you get out of my mouth, it is going to have one purpose. It is to pluck you out of the clutches of hell. That is the one purpose. The one purpose that I live and breathe for is to save you from darkness. Can you imagine that? Every single friend that associates with you, you have one purpose. It is to pluck them out of darkness. You may do that with a smile. You may do that with a kind act. You may do that with generosity. But you have to be intentional about why God created you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does it matter today? Yes, because it is a command to all believers. Here you know, I want to give you three pointers that is going to help in your discipleship making. Number one, discipleship is still being available. That's the first thing that I want you to understand about making disciples, is that it is your availability. It is your availability. Now, if you study the book of Acts in chapter 2, and then if you read the book of Acts chapter 4, there were 3,000 people that were saved in one go. And then Acts chapter 4, it talks about how it grew to 5,000 people. Imagine, how many people were together in the upper room? 120. How many apostles were there? 11. They had to get get others later on, right? And how many got saved? 3,000. Later on, it talks about 5,000. Can you imagine how impossible it would be practically for each of them to disciple every single person? Think about it, even logically, how difficult it would be. Now, that simply means that, that they could have been people that have backslided. Now, don't tell me no, because simple, we are fallen nature of man. Right? We live in a broken world. So I'm sure that out of all of the 5,000 plus people that came to Jesus, not everyone states Some people got drifted away later on. Did that discourage the church from saying, okay, because few people backslide that, I'm going to stop um, doing what I'm doing and stop the conversion. Some people have suggested this to me. Say, you know what? You should slow down with all the people that are getting saved and baptized and just work on the discipleship. I don't agree with that. You don't stop this to fix that, because I believe it is the same Holy Spirit that saved them. Is the same Holy Spirit that will continue to work in them. Amen. Are you following what I said? Because sometimes people think, oh, okay, Holy Spirit did the job of saving them. Now let man take over. No, it is the same Holy Spirit that that continues to lead them. And and some people will come to church, and some people will drop out. It is normal human tendency, and that doesn't mean that we quit doing what we're doing. We continue being available. And that is what the disciples did. They continued being available. They continued preaching the gospel. They continued doing what God had assigned them to do and God did what he alone can do. So the question is, are you available for your friends? Are you available for your family? Are you being intentional about the fact that, hey, it, it, it is not up to you to save everyone, it is up to Jesus to save. There was a sister who said, you know, I, I cried so much, but my family didn't listen to me, so I'm very discouraged to share the gospel. I said, you know what? The Bible says that when somebody, when somebody rejects you, when somebody don't accept you, the disciples were encouraged to just pat the dust off and walk away to the next assignment. Your assignment doesn't end with one uncle telling no to you. Find the other uncle. Your family rejects you. There is another family out there. There is needy people out there. There are immigrants coming into this city. There are people out there that are looking for the truth. So if there are some people that rejects you, it's not because they hate you. It's just it's not God's time to bring them. I was, there was somebody I was talking to, and they were saying how how amazingly they were drawn to this place and how they got converted just like that. The other, I, I keep hearing their stories over and over again. The other day, somebody was saying, and 13 years, they've been, the last Sunday, somebody who got saved, He said, my mother was in a Pentecostal church for 30 years. He said, I didn't want to do anything with, with the church. In fact, because of her, I went away from God. He said that one Sunday, the Holy Spirit spoke, touched her heart, boom, she changed her mind. She said, I'm going to get saved. And I, I told her, I said, the fault is not your mother's, and the credit is not belonging to Emmanuel Church, it is just that it was God's time to draw you in. Are you following? We need, we need to understand, there is God's timing that is involved, there's God's time. So your duty is to be available. Your duty is to love. Your duty is to continue, some people, because they are intimidated, they stop being the light. They're like, oh, every time I come to you, uh, uh, Andrew, you're always talking about Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Carla, every time you open your mouth, you're talking Jesus. Yeah. Hey, you're not going to stop me from talking Jesus because I am made to make you a follower of Jesus. Yeah. I am made. The purpose of my making is to save you from the darkness and bring you to the light. So how can you make me shut my mouth? Are you fine? I am made for this. This is, it's, 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 like, it's like telling the microphone, hey, I don't like you being a microphone. Can you stop being a microphone? How about for one week just become like an egg maker or, you know, Try something new for this week. Hey, the microphone will say, I am made for one purpose. I'm going to live for one purpose. I'm going to die being that. You are made to be the light. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. Just with the most amount of grace and love and kindness, without judgment, continue to be the light. You never know when God will put in their heart. I was, I keep hearing these stories every week, believe me, as one brother was saying that, you know, that there was this person that they kept sharing the gospel, but they were the most angry and upset with that individual and refused to have a conversation, but they continued being the light and being held. God opened an opportunity, a need in their life. And they came searching because they knew where to go for the light. Do your friends know that you are a light carrier? Do your friends know? Because I, I remember one, when one person got saved, they came into the church and they saw this other friend that they knew from the club. And they walked up to this, this, this person and said, how come you never told me about Jesus? And that person was so uncomfortable wanted to run away from there. Why? Every single time they met at club, this individual never gave that opportunity to tell them, hey, there is hope. Do your friends know that you are the person they need to go to to find hope? Does your Facebook, you you have all the time in the world to talk about Beyonce and what are the other people in the line? What's that X factor and... I don't know, I have to learn something someday. (laughs) You have all the time to write all those posts, but how much time do you take to tell people there is hope in their life? You know, you never know, some of your closest friends may be wanting to kill themselves. And you will never know until one day somebody tells you, this guy passed away, this guy died. Are you available to be the light? in this century, It is a very serious thought that we need to think about. Second, this is going to make some people upset, but that's what we do. (laughs) I, I tell people, I said, there are some people that loves what God is doing in this place, some people hates what God is doing in this place, I like it that way. We don't want lukewarm people. I don't want people to say, I'm, I'm just going for the sake of it. I hope we make you angry enough to get out of here or to stay here and get to work. Amen. <laughs> In between, it's called lukewarm. And the Bible says God will spit you out of his mouth. We don't want lukewarm people who is just coming for the sake of coming. If you're coming, we'll be an army for Jesus. Amen. Can I hear a better amen? Second thing, don't clap for that. I was, I was rebuking you. <laughs> Second thing, discipleship is not forcing people to think and act like me. You know, this is something that is very important that, that I share with you. Because sometimes it's about getting people to the church and, and <laughs> making them look like me. Making them talk like I don't like your shoes, I don't like your clothes, I don't like your tattoo, I don't like your nose ring, I you know, I don't like your color of your hair. Somebody was telling the other day, Oh, you have the you have this color in your hair, you must be demon possessed. I said, Oh, you must be demon possessed to call this lady demon (laughs) possessed, you know, because a child of God doesn't do that. Why are you silent? (laughs) Are you? Are you following what I'm saying? You don't judge people by the look and try to understand their hearts. You know. So, I used to be that way when in the beginning I used to think that it's, it's about making all of them look like me. It's about getting them to like my desires, my convictions, it's not. Discipleship is not making people clap like you, talk like you, it is about making them fall in love with Jesus. And you know what? People can fall in love with Jesus with all, their, all, all what they do, they can still fall in love with Jesus. Maybe they don't have the color of your hair, it doesn't matter. They can still fall in love with Jesus. Maybe they don't do things the way you do. Maybe they don't talk the way you talk. Maybe they are not as kind as you are. But you know what? Leave that to Jesus to change them and transform them. It is not forcing people to look like you, be like you. It is about making them fall in love with Jesus. When they fall in love with Jesus, Jesus will fix them. I said that last time. I said, come as you are because you will not go as you are because nobody that came to Jesus went back the same way. Amen. And we need to have that patience of, 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 of having to trust the Lord for them. To, you know, I think it takes patience to love people that don't behave like you. It takes patience. How many of you understand what I'm saying? I don't want anyone to be like me. And that is why intentionally week after week, I tell you my flaws. I tell you how terrible I am because I don't want anybody to have the superstar mentality. We have this bad habit of making pastors, celebrities, and then when they do something wrong, we get broken hearted because we thought they were next to God. We thought they were perfect. We put them in the place where only God can be. You know, I, I, have, I have, I struggle with a lack of patience. I get upset when the traffic doesn't move, and I think, who in the world gave you a driver's license? Come to India, we will teach you. How. <laughs> I get upset when, I, when I'm in long queues, because in India, we didn't have long queues. Who got first, got them first. You know, who was strongest, got to the row first. And here, you had to stand in the queue even to go to the washroom. I don't like it. And I'm dying to myself. I am asking God, change me. I don't want you to be like me. You know what I'm saying? I want you to be like Jesus. He is the only perfect thing we can be like. Can we be patient enough with people around us? Saying, hey, I'm not wanting to change you overnight. Can we love them enough to say, it is not about you clapping hands like me or making noise like me. It is about you becoming like Jesus. Can I hear a louder amen? Number three, discipleship is teaching them you're not perfect. It's very critical for you to understand in order for you to direct people to the perfect Christ, you need to be able to have enough freedom to show people that you are as broken as them and if you could be washed by the blood of Jesus, they can be washed by the blood of Jesus. Let me explain that to you. It's, it is important because we, uh, the other day I got upset with somebody, yeah, <laughs> and I said that the church, the problem with the church is that we give such an image to the world that we are perfect. I said, it's, it's our mistake. We come in, we set up that high expectation to people, and in the process, in order for people to live up to the expectation, now they have to be fake because your standard is too high for them to, can, can they feel that they will be still loved irrespective of their, their struggles and their weakness? The other day, there was somebody who came, I could smell alcohol on her breath, and I asked her, sister, are you, do you struggle with this habit? She said, no. But I know I can smell you, sister. I can smell you from like a feet away. You know why? Because she was scared that if I admit to the pastor that I have this problem, maybe the pastor will not accept me. Maybe the church will not accept me. So she was hiding from the fact because the people around you, you must understand, they live in a broken world. If you're going to to bring that self-righteous spirit to them, they don't want to associate. Can people have hope in knowing, look, I struggle, but I found hope in Christ. Come, you can find hope too. People need to know that if God can keep you together, that with all the flaws and struggles that you have, you've not become a nerve wreck, With all the craziness in your house, you've still not lost your mind? With all the madness in your house, you're still standing strong. It's not because I want to stand strong, but there is somebody that keeps me strong. Your testimony, your testimony is not that you're perfect. Your testimony is that you're flawed, but the perfect Jesus is keeping you together that there is hope in this generation because if it wasn't for Jesus, I would have divorced her. If it wasn't for Jesus, she would have divorced me. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would have killed somebody. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be in a mental hospital. If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be behind bars. But because of Jesus, I am here alive and well. Somebody give me a witness in this house. If this is your story, take 30 seconds and worship Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.